Your favorite thing to do on a day off? Binge watch television. Welcome to episode three of Read the Watchables. I am one of your hosts, Natalie Weiner. I'm Johnny Opping. And we are coming together on this podcast to recap episode three, season one, Reba, the sitcom that everyone knows and loves. The revolution will not be televised. It will only be podcasted. Um, We, you know, we went on kind of an adventure, I think, in this episode again. I mean, it's always an adventure with Reba, but we, we went outside the house. You know, there was a change of scenery. That's true. Um, so yeah, what's the title of this? This one is titled Someone's at the Gyno with Reba. So they're really not trying to like, not a lot of wordplay, but just kind of like outlining the plot of the episode. Another title that sounds like it's a referencing, like a play on words of something else, but I don't think it is. Yeah. Because they just, I mean, they do go to the gynecologist and I don't. I don't think it's a... Someone's at the gyno with... Re- it's like it's not a... Sunday in the park with George, kind yeah. of like rhythmically, you know, but like I don't think that that I mean, was the intentional. intention. It, it originally aired October 19th, 2001 to 4.1 million US viewers. Um, and yeah, uh, I've been doing this thing where I like try to figure out what else happened that day. Yeah, just and, to really capture like a moment in history. Yeah, sure. which, and I've honestly again have come up with nothing and when <laughs> I, and when i do that like <laughs> i still just kind of get like yeah like they they say like famous birth like birthdays and deaths of people that are like very obscure mm-hmm. and then but then there's just kind of like all like every like database is also like in 9-11 also did happen recently uh and well, i did you were laughing at me for saying that and yet and I did find a New York Post article. Uh, I think that like CBS got sent and like anthrax oh, oh shit. on this day, or maybe it was reported on this day. Huh. So that's which that was a big thing, you know. Yeah, people, I mean, you know, they people were nervous, people were stressed, threat right. of terrorism. You know, what did they need to calm their nerves? They needed Reba. Reba. Yeah, exactly. Reba was, specifically taking a trip to the gynecologist. Yeah, it was uh, Reba was was escapism at yeah, this point. Yeah, you know because any given moment, uh, an envelope could show up at your door, <laughs> right, with right. a powder, yeah. uh, which it's probably not to be soda, but... whatever happened to anthrax is that <laughs> I have not heard about it since. I mean, I really did so like a Bill Simmons moment. Whatever happened to anthrax? I don't know (laughs) who that is. (laughs) Is that... Does he have a podcast? Uh, Probably not one with a name as clever as ours. No, probably not. Um, I mean, he's not part of the RPN, the podcast network, so it's Would you say that anthrax won 2001? (laughs) I mean, I think terrorists definitely won 2001. <laughs> um, anthrax was just, like, one facet. Yeah. I would say that, like, in the bracket of 2001, the finals were probably the Patriots <laughs> versus... Uh, terrorists. Versus, yeah, using terrorists to justify... To justify... Uh, yeah. Patriot, war. Yeah. Yeah. So, Colonialism. I don't know which one had a bigger cultural impact. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, definitely, like, 
probably Tom Brady hasn't killed as many people as colonialism has, so yeah, I guess colonialism has a slight edge. But yeah, that's true. I mean, they're kind of as far as like impact. Yeah. So. Anyway, but yeah, Reba anywho. also up there. I mean, like she probably gets knocked out in like the second or third round of the bracket, but like she's definitely a contender. Yeah, for sure, she was up there in the two thousand one power rankings. <laughs> right. So someone's at the gynecologist at the gyno at the with, gyno with Reba. Reba. Um. So this episode begins in the kitchen. <laughs> Where so many things happen in Riva, she's carrying groceries. Yeah, she's not getting a lot of help. She's feeling underappreciated generally because yeah. she, you know, she has this new guy in her house, Van, the teenage husband slash father to be slash cornerback slash star cornerback slash game uh, slash uh, team. What's the word I'm looking for? Team bonding team. I don't know. Essential to the team. Yeah. The the soul of the team. The soul of the team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's feeling overwhelmed. And Yeah, she's carrying uh like five like, million bags of bags groceries. Of it's like just leave some in the using, car exactly. and then go she's back. She's carrying and get one of them with her mouth. Yeah. And it's like it's a little dramatic. sort of like a precursor to how stubborn she right. it is suggested that she is later in the episode because it's like, yeah, I mean, you can just make two trips. Like, yes, because she's so mad. That her children aren't helping her. But She's also, like, performatively, like, make it really Right. Hard. But also, like, they're, like, 10 and, like, 7. Right. They so, hear, like, they're not really... I'm not saying that they couldn't help, but also, like, you could also take two trips. Like, you're, you are the adult. Like, I don't think that the 7-year-old instinctively knew to go out <laughs> and help you with the groceries. Anyway, so, that happens. I feel like there's not a lot, like of consequence in that early scene i guess like brock the soon-to-be ex-husband um comes to pick up the youngest son whose name i still don't know yo i don't think he has a name (laughs) yeah he like it's like his day with him or something it's this like interesting thing where you forget that because they're separated that he has like I guess visitation, yeah, visitation, which is weird because he's literally right, at always house. at the house, <laughs> All the time. and like very clearly like an enormous part of their family dynamic. So <laughs> to think that like and like the daughter is like okay, there's a seven year old daughter, maybe that's a different dynamic, but like the middle child is only a couple years older than the younger She's boy. 12. So why would she get? Why would they have different separation? I mean, different, different uh, visitation days, yeah. like. Uh, it kind of makes it seem like she doesn't even get a day because it's like well, spirits really boys and boys, you know, like the boys get to hang out with their dads. And yeah, also we've established that girl, that 12 year old girl is, she's, <laughs> like, she's either a 12 year old girl or like a 67 year old man. Jewish man. Yeah. <laughs> in Manhattan and like going to Katz's and just like, talking yeah. shit with she's people honestly there. always posted up at the kitchen table <laughs> doing homework ready to just lay up like a vicious one-liner like <laughs> and she does it in this voice where it's like it's like blah, 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 you know like yada 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 you know like it's like she's been studying seinfeld i feel like with her delivery yeah exactly <laughs> she's like a, like you established that Barbara Jean is 
Kramer from Seinfeld, obviously from Seinfeld. Uh, Kramer versus Kramer. Uh, and if that's the case, I would say that like this uh, Kira. Kira is like Larry David and Curb, yeah. basically. Yeah. <laughs> she definitely is. <laughs> it's like it doesn't it's the most incongruous thing ever it's easy to like kind of let it just pass by because she's so inconsequential in like most right. of the scenes like you can kind of just let her lines like you know just happen but if you pay attention you're like wait no seventh grader would ever yeah. say that you said like okay young sheldon like at one point and i know you were talking about like the youngest yeah one in that one but she kind of has like a young sheldon i mean i've never watched young sheldon but i assume that's kind of his energy i don't well i assume his jokes are like about calculators nice. and stuff okay. yes I, yeah but <laughs> i mean I don't know. <laughs> uh yeah we that's a different podcast uh, <laughs> right. no i mean they are making it I mean, we're only three episodes in, but, like, her role as, like, pure sarcastic comedic relief is setting up to where it feels like it's making it harder and harder for there to be a future episode where the plot hinges on her life. Yeah. Because her having a life seems impossible. (laughs) Because it's, like, like, you just imagine in her classes, she's, like, smarting off to the teachers Mm -hmm. and, like... It doesn't seem like she cares about anything. Like she's always doing homework at the kitchen table, but I like I picture her just like writing in like "fuck you" to like every <laughs> to the answer to every like question. Yeah, she's like we're still waiting on a little character development, a little depth. She doesn't quite have like any quirks. Yeah, um, and then like so, Brock is picking up the youngest one whatever his name is for their day and then we get the award we're gonna have our most incongruous moment in the show and we still haven't come up with a name for it yet but um that's yeah. when that happens because the- oh yeah meaning just like a moment where like why is this yeah why, why did it happen why? why is this person doing the scene like why did this person say this or why is this person doing this while the scene yeah. is happening and yeah, it's they're the, having who a, the fuck knows segment. Yeah, <laughs> basically. It, yeah, exactly. It's kind of like the was this part improv segment. I don't think it because it was with the baby, so I don't think he was. He's up for improv. I don't think yet. he was. He was in like UCB. <laughs> no. Uh, like yeah. So basically, he just they're like Reba and Brock are having a conversation about him, I guess, or about right. like about, where they're gonna go for visitation well this is i think before any of that happens she's like why are you late you know because i guess yeah. he's late to like pick him up and she's like trying to make him feel bad she's like he's gets really upset when when you're late to pick him up and at that moment the youngest son whatever his name is says really loudly he's, like he's sitting playing a game boy yeah he's on a game boy and he just like screams he's like level three or something yeah, like, like high school or whatever yeah and it's like it's like jarring yeah, how loud he yells and it's like he gets so few lines i wonder if he's <laughs> just like like i gotta i'm my, it's like this child actor just being like my parents are really counting on me to like 
make it big in the acting world. And it's like the line would have completely like Reba's line would have worked if he just played the Game Boy and like weren't paying any attention, which is what he was doing. Yeah. You know, that line like where him like performatively like being really loud, like that was completely unnecessary. Yeah. It was it was like overplayed to the point of like instead of reminding you instead of like having the effect of like, oh, he actually doesn't care when his dad's late. Right. It's more like, is there something wrong with him? <laughs> Anyway, so Reva gives this long list of things that he's not allowed to do with his son, you know? like, don't, Leah, like, a list of activities that That are are on the offlet. Yeah, a seven-year-old or whatever, however old he is. Um, And then there's a whole, like, Johnny Relevant segment here about gambling, because allegedly he took his kid to the dog races. (laughs) <laughs> the week before <laughs> i like how it's johnny relevant because i just like had a gambling addiction <laughs> okay that, well that wasn't what i meant <laughs> but uh no yeah like so it's like he took him to the he took him to the racetrack he took him golfing to be his caddy yeah um and it's like okay you need to you you need to do an appropriate activity for a young boy and um and so yes yeah, so they leave and also while all of this was happening i guess like before all of this mm-hmm. like the other plot probably the a plot of this episode is that like van oh yeah we forgot finally, about all of that yeah. <laughs> there's so much material so like van moved in it, his like, parents like left garbage bags of all his stuff on the front lawn, on Reba's front lawn. Right. So like he gets to actually like move his stuff into his wife's room. Right. And there's no room for it because you she's know, already got a lot of shit. Her stuff. She's a teenage girl. And like and, and he's person. like a dumb jock, so he's got his like exercise. Also he thing. has like a million Dallas Cowboys posters and he like yeah. instantly puts them up all over her room. Yeah. And then, then like also a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader poster. Right. That's um, the real point of convention. Yeah. Along with this like giant Bowflex basically. Yeah. That's called uh, The, the Exorcist, Exorcist. Which sounds like it's a nickname but then it says Exorcist on it. But like um, pun. Like Exorcist. Yeah. Um and like Reba is like immediately so like it's clearly like not what his wife Cheyenne would want her room to look like. Mm-hmm. Um and she but she's like trying to be like chill about it. Yeah. Uh like he compromises in a marriage sort of thing. Like mm-hmm. he got compromised to make it work. And like Reba's very immediately and aggressively like you have to you can't stand this. You can't stand for this. You've got to tell him how you feel. Uh, but, like, also to the point of, like, it seems to bother Reba more than it bothers mm-hmm. Cheyenne. Um, and, yeah, so then uh, the next scene is in the waiting the room for the gynecologist. For the titular gynecologist. Yeah, someone is... Someone, the right with, with Reba. In this uh, case, it's Cheyenne who's yeah. going to get her like checkup for right. her pregnancy, and that's where Reba's like lecturing her about like, you know, tell her, mm-hmm. tell Van how much you hate that Dallas Cowboys mm-hmm. poster. Uh, and then Van shows up late, but he also thinks that 
uh, he thinks that the gynecologist appointment is like for him. <laughs> right. He thinks that's what a gynecologist, he thinks some reason like the father <laughs> gets get checked out. Examined. Um. But then the big like joke like coincidence is that while they're waiting to be seen, uh, Brock and Barbara Jean right. come and- out of the gynecologist's yeah. office. And it's right after Reba says, yeah, you should feel, like, lucky because, you know, even if even if uh, Van is late, like, Brock never came anywhere near the gynecologist's office like, when I was pregnant with our three children. And then, of course, he, like, pops out of the door with Barbara Jean and the youngest son, whatever his name is. Um, and so Reba, like, freaks out, obviously. Because um, she's like, why did you bring our son to this gynecologist yeah. appointment. He says, get, like, mom, get, guess what I saw. Right. <laughs> and then it's, like, just The assumption sonogram. is obviously, like, vagina, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, the subtext here is vagina. Uh, <laughs> but he just saw a sonogram. Um, and, yeah, and Barbara Dream, like, again, just serves as, like, Honestly, just a complete idiot. Uh, (laughs) Like, literally her role here is, like, person that is also pregnant. Yeah. Um, And she wins. I don't think we have a name for the, like, fashion category. Yeah. Best look of the Reba. I mean, she and Van both had, like, competing entries here. Yeah. Uh, She's wearing a, a shirt with a rabbit on it. Like a, like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it says, and it says we're, expecting. we're expecting. And it's like oversized. And it's also lime green. And she's yeah. wearing matching lime green pants. Yeah. And matching lime and green And the sweater shoes. makes no sense. <laughs> like the rabbit isn't like showing in this. It's not, you know, it's not like, it's literally just a cartoon rabbit. And it says we're expecting. So it's like, you get no like, you know, visual sense that the rabbit is pregnant. <laughs> but then it's like so who is we is it like you and the rabbit are having <laughs> are having child <laughs> or of child uh, <laughs> <With> child it's good it's good so and, but then van's also wearing a shirt that, that just says champions right which is like, <laughs> like, a, like a three episode culmination of like generic like jerseys that he's wearing that just say like a number or like football or something (laughs) and this one just says champions with an s at the end which like is honestly pretty rad like i would (laughs) definitely wear a shirt also doesn't he talk about the shirt he was like i had to wear my champion shirt he said well he shows up and says like i don't know sorry i'm late i didn't know what to wear (laughs) uh i've never been checked out by a gynecologist right so he's wearing this like champions shirt. It doesn't say like anything else. It doesn't. They could have made it like Westchester High School right. champions, nineteen ninety. It could have just said like state champs, right? Yeah. It, it says, says champions. It says champions. Um. Yeah. Maybe it was for the Meek Mill album. Yeah. Championship. It is Oh, never mind. Okay, so it wasn't. Yeah. That. It said trauma on the back. <laughs> Uh, um, but then <laughs> I like how so many of our episodes were, and then <laughs> they went back home. 
but yeah, the real crux of the episode, the real conflict, is just like this unspoken thing of like, hey, you need to address, you need to talk about your problems. Mm-hmm. You're in your marriage. Right. Which like, she's laying on really heavy, like, this is a, a big deal that he's got stuff in your room that you don't like. Which like, there was a point where I like, where she was like laying it on heavy because like, she was like, he's got trash bags all over your place of his clothes. Mm-hmm. It's like, to be fair, the only reason he did that is because everything was full. Like, the closet was completely full. <laughs> right. Like, he literally had, and the drawers, like, there was, a, he made a point of, like, trying to put he stuff in the closet and away. the drawers. And so it's like, I don't know what he was supposed to do. Uh, but, yeah. And so he, like, Reba convinces Cheyenne to, like, confront Van about, um, like, she kind of hey, just does it for her. She's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. She doesn't like any of your stuff in here, and he like freaks out. Right, like, it's really not like, like as expected. They get in like a fight, like mm-hmm. their first like marriage fight, and he like storms out, and she gets mad at Reba for like causing the fight, and says, uh, "You he, drove my. This is how yeah, you drove exactly. my dad. Away. Like no wonder you drove that. Yeah, like." Um, and that's obviously kind of like pretty hurtful. Yeah. Yeah. And then this causes Reba to go to To the family therapist therapist, who apparently is on call (laughs) for this family even though they're the ones that got sentenced to go to her. Like by the court. Um, But apparently like that gives them the right to just have therapy buy her well she had to pay it for she it had, uh, yeah I guess she said true. like yeah i just paid 80 dollars which is like very cheap for therapy so. right um so yeah so she has a solo appointment mm-hmm. with the court ordered family therapist mm-hmm. um where she literally just like tells her what she's bummed out about um which is mostly like i do everything for them and they're ungrateful um and wisely, the therapist is like, "We well, need to stop doing like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll be fine if you if you stop like basically uh, meddling." Yeah, and uh, and so she leaves them. She goes she to goes the to movies. movies. She's yeah. like, "This is the first time I've gone to the movies since I had whatever the young son's name." She did say his name there, so I should have paid more. Jake. Jake. It is Jake. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Jake. Uh, Since she had Jake, it was the first time she had gone to the movies. And they're all like, we don't know what to eat. And of course, it's like a joke, right? Because she just went grocery shopping and the refrigerator's full of food. But they, right. like, are they Yeah, they, they are like extremely helpless. They don't know. They apparently don't even know how to order takeout. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, they're literally like, going to starve to death. And they call, she the dad. And calls the dad to get pizza. Yeah. Which is like the same amount of steps as ordering a pizza, which they could have just done. But uh yeah, he just brings a pizza. Mm-hmm. Um and then Cheyenne and uh Brock, Brock have like a, a hard time. They like start to like uh commiserate with how like annoying Reba is. Reba is. And it's like honestly, like how could you ever call Reba annoying? But Right. It's just tough to watch for fans like myself but um but yeah no they're like 
they're talking about it. Well, basically Cheyenne says something like, yeah, I know you like couldn't put up with mom. Right. And that's why you left. And he's like, well, no, that's not how it happened. In like a remarkable show of maturity. Yeah. Like for all of the first three episodes, Brock is just like a dunce, like, yeah. and just kind of like this like, like bumbling, like loser dad. And then suddenly he shows like some degree of self-awareness and he like is talking to you and he's like, well, the reason I left isn't, like, it wasn't your mom. It was just, like, you know, marriage is hard and blah, blah, blah. And I'm not Since good at communicating bad, yeah. and, like, et cetera. He's like, if you don't talk about small things, then they become big things. And that's what happened with us and whatever. And so she's like, whoa. And then somehow that conversation leads her to, like, have a compromise with Van. And he puts his Dallas Cowboys poster in the closet. And so yeah. he can look at it on the inside of the closet door. Right, which is weird, but I guess a compromise. Yeah. Which is weird that he would, like, need to open the closet door <laughs> to, like, stare at the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders for a second. Uh, and, yeah, but she goes out to her, she goes out to Reba mm-hmm. and, like, apologizes yeah. for what she said. She said. And, like, yeah, and nothing really come like nothing new comes from it's just like they all basically like everyone in the episode realizes that they were in the wrong yeah like uh which is just excellent writing yeah i mean that's just that's like life right i mean when are we all not realizing that we're wrong uh but yeah you know not like probably in the pantheon of episodes that we've seen like yeah. Not at the top. Sure. It had the, of the three we mm-hmm. discussed, it had the the least amount of people watching it. Like, the least amount of what? Of viewers. Oh, wow. Uh, so, like, they're at a point where it's like, oh, we can't keep going down. Like, episode four needs to pick up. <laughs> or we might, who knows. Not get People might be talk, start two. talking about 9 11 again. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, like, there were a few, a few good zingers. Honestly, I thought the dog track bit was, like, kind of funny, because there's this whole thing where, like, the kid, Jake, is, like, $175, and, like, then he only got 50 because the dad, like, skimmed off the top yeah. of his winnings. That's right. kind of a cute little For sure. back and forth. For sure. He's learning early what it's like to have a bookie. <laughs> <laughs> So his bookie is his dad. (laughs) It's just, yeah. Um, You know, it's those little touches that kind of make Reba, you know, just give it a little little edge. Also, like, Kira kind of descending into darkness as, like, the the comic element. We're still looking for that Barbara Jean breakout episode. Yeah, she was barely in this episode. Yeah. She didn't, yeah. She was at least not, like, demeaned in this episode. Yeah. She, like, in last episode, we forgot to discuss I mean, that lime green outfit could have been considered, like, demeaning, but... (laughs) Yeah. I mean, also, it, like, there was this, like, sort of... I mean, not sad, but, like, slightly, like, dehumanizing of Barbara in that, like, which is a common theme in the show. Like, last time... Episode two, she was, like, literally treated like a dog. (laughs) It was like, oh, I forgot Barbara Jean, and like, oh, leave her in the car and roll the windows yeah, down, sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, 
but in this one, it's like in in like that like sort of like this pivotal scene that's happening in the gynecologist's wedding room, <laughs> and like the big reveal that like oh, you know, Brock went to her appointment mm-hmm. and even took his young son, right. and like that's the big thing. It's like you kind of like don't even think about the fact that like she's having a gynecologist appointment for the child that she's gonna have like right. you forget like at no point in the three episodes like you even consider the fact like she's going through motherhood for the first time right and is gonna have a child and it's like doesn't matter at all basically yeah. but at the same time she's well, like <laughs> a complete wild card uh, so, and, i mean i think we're gonna I think there are, like, Barbara Jean emotional breakthroughs coming, and we just haven't seen them yet. Um, I don't know what I've seen. Yeah, Uh, no, I'm just guessing. I think, like, based on a couple other episodes, I feel like there's some. But I I don't know. Um, Who do you think wins the J.R. Smith The J.R. Smith Award for uh, the person who makes an enormous mistake, uh, but we still love in the end. I think I'm going to vote for Brock for this episode. Yeah. Like, I think, I think he definitely, like, I thought it was going to be Reba because it was kind of like, they started laying it on, of like, oh, she's meddling mm-hmm. and she needs to realize that, like, you know, she's the one sort of, like, causing these conflicts by, mm-hmm. by making a bigger deal out of things they don't necessarily involve her but yeah brock actually he's been like the one making mistakes the entire series Mm -hmm. up to this point and then he has like a good moment of like self-awareness that like guilt over how he treated reba and like not just knowing that but making sure that like his kids or his daughter doesn't think the like that she knows that like yeah. he's the one that's in the wrong basically not for sure and i think like he just it's the like one of the few moments so far in the series that we've seen where it's like oh i can understand why reba might have married this person <laughs> you know because there's like not that many of those kinds of moments up right. to that point yeah there's like sure. the moment when he comes and like gives her a hug and she's upset and you're like oh he is kind of like a person yeah and then that's basically it until this conversation yeah. with cheyenne they kind of like get build him up as like a person that like knows how to come through in this scene for the first mm-hmm. like he showed up with the pizzas which is not hard but it's like showing up as a dad sure. because his kid's called and then like saying the right thing to his daughter basically uh which in every other scene he's in almost he's like complaining like a like cartoonishly right about like the football (laughs) team possibly losing or something yeah uh and then do you do you have a reba song that fits this uh, I didn't like totally look through but I think I'm gonna go with say the word because I just really like that one and also at least I can't remember like the plot of the song but the title you know this episode's theme is about communication okay and so that makes sense the word kind of works she doesn't have any songs about going to gynecology I don't think so not that I recall off the top of my head um 
so yeah, that's episode three in the books. Yeah. You know, reliving a post 9-11 world in a sure. simul- similarly chaotic time, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting. I guess this is like the most obvious thing anyone's ever said. But like in a series that started weeks after 9-11, mm-hmm. like you gotta kinda like remember that like every episode of the series is getting further and further away from 9-11. <laughs> so <laughs> So it's like, it's like just like how the show changes as the country heals and like, like, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's the real, and we just have to like bring, zoom out a little bit, for some context, zoom back in. Right. Reba got a little bit of a check. Usually Reba's always right. And in this Reba, in this Reba, this episode, Reba had to get reined in a little bit by the therapist. Actually, we didn't talk about that. The therapist actually talked in this episode she did. for she had a, a while. Moment yeah. Of like giving, of being a therapist, <laughs> right? Basically, she gave some advice. Um, yeah, and it yeah. It's basically just like The Sopranos, you know, like when you guys talking to the therapist. And it's like... kind of like funny too, because like <laughs> if you were, if one were to take this, if if one were to make the mistake of treating Reba like a unserious show, then it would kind of expose The Sopranos of just like relying on this like very simple trope of like, right. well, how can we get to, how can we show what he's feeling by going to a therapist and having him say it? And making it seem like that's like, you know, um, natural and within the plot of just right. like, you know. Um, so yeah, that's it'd be funny if like, I I would absolutely love it if there was like <laughs> if she was like the family's like waiting to go into therapy and like Tony Soprano's in the waiting room like reading a magazine <laughs> like waiting to be crossover up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, like, maybe we can just, like, splice, you know, supercut, get yeah. a little, you know, just make That's it true. like that. That's true. If any of our listeners want to <laughs> create a supercut of Tony Soprano getting advice from, from Reba's therapist, <laughs> uh, what's her name? Uh, oh, shit. It does yeah. say it on the door every single time. I feel like it's yeah. like Karen Wheeler or something. Wheeler, I no. No. It's, okay, never mind. it's like one name, last name that he says all the time. Uh, oh no, in Reba? Oh, I, yeah, I was thinking about Reba. Oh, I was thinking in this <laughs> oh, I mean, I've never actually watched this. Oh, Sopranos, so. well, yeah. Somebody spliced that, like, her talking about the ducks in The Sopranos with Karen Wheeler, apparently. <laughs> I don't know. Giving advice <laughs> to Reba and her family. Yeah. Um, yeah. Neither of us have the technical ability to do that, so. No. So, s- someone figure that out before we do episode four. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you for listening with us, for learning with us, um, you know, reflecting Mm -hmm. Reba (laughs) 9-11 topics for our time. (laughs) Anyway, uh, please don't forget to tell your friends if you think they also enjoy, you know, family sitcoms of a different era. Um, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, wherever other podcast places have exist. I don't know. Um, rate, review, download, yeah. all the normal things. Share with your aunt. 
sure it was your aunt or your uncle. Oh yeah. Uncles love Riva. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah, and we will catch you next episode. See ya. Thank you.